Any questions before we get started? No, I'm letting you take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, excellent. The Five Elements of Letting Go, the podcast. Discussing mental health openly and freely and learning tools and techniques to find peace. All right, welcome everyone to the Five Elements of Letting Go. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum. My guest today is Lindsay Tran. She is uh, not only a, a patient and a regular here at the clinic, but she and her husband own, uh, is it still two restaurants in town? Or? Yes. Yes. The... Uh, um, Let's see if you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, so go ahead. Uh, the first one's Fa Wai, so the Vietnamese restaurant, and then we have Saigon Subs, okay. which is right beside us. Yes, excellent. Yeah, I'm not, uh, uh, my Vietnamese is you know, a little rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's terrible too. Like, I'm married into the family, but uh-huh. no, uh, Roger's not a very good teacher, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah, he's just like, oh, it's good enough. It's yeah. fine. I'm like, what if yeah. I'm like swearing at someone or like calling them a mean name? Like, I don't know. Like, he's like, oh, you're fine. Yeah. I'm like, Thanks, babe. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's hilarious. And you, you know, quite a few. Uh, you, you're fairly well known in the community. You guys have been there for some time. Yeah, um, I'll be seven years in May. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're always there at the top of uh, um, what's that? Uh, Best in the foothills. Yeah. 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 The we restaurant got does very well. Best restaurant again this year. We oh, got that's gold. Fantastic. Excellent. So that's which is super awesome. Yeah. It's nice to have that recognition mm-hmm. um, in the community and know that we're doing a good job because, you know, obviously that's what we want to provide and do. So mm-hmm. well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so have you listened to any of the episodes yet? Yeah, I have actually. Um, I listened to Tom, I listened to Tamara. Mm-hmm. I just actually recently listened to the last one with Jamie. Okay. Yeah. So there's been a few, there's a few more that I want to get through too, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I think you're, what you're doing is a really awesome platform. So yeah, we, I look at it as, um, there's many uses for this that I see. And, you know, one of course is to get us talking about mental health Mm -hmm. and how it affects all of us and kind of creating a space, uh, where there's no judgment and just support and understanding. And as people listen to realize, oh, everyone else is just as fucked up as I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, right? Because we're so scared that, you know, like someone's going to judge us if we're feeling a certain way and all that. But if you have a community here and we're like, okay, well, they're feeling the same way that I'm feeling. So maybe I'm not the odd man out. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. 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 And I hope too, for us to kind of get know, get to know more people in the community and that uh, we're all pretty, you know, we're all uh, struggling in similar places and we're all, um, you know, pretty good people at heart. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think this is a much better tool to get to know someone through conversation than, uh, you know, online, say with like a Facebook or so on. You know, I've said before in, in other podcasts is that, you know, there's people in this community that I really like uh, in person. But, but on, I don't I don't like them as much online. <laughs> online? Oh my gosh, that is the absolute truth. And and it's not that they're bad people or it's just it's just a weird place to share our opinions and beliefs. And it comes out always in a funny way, it seems. 
And if you judge people just off those posts, you're not going to really understand the person. No. So. Not at all. Um, it's very um, like top surface, I find, you know. Yeah. I like to be able to have an interaction and actually feel people's energy too as well when they're talking to me mm -hmm. because I feel it's very important. Um, a lot of people, you know, body language is a big thing too as well and how they're feeling and their emotions and stuff like that. So, yeah. and I'm really sensitive to people's energies and emotions. So I want to be able to know like if that's factual or if it's something else mm -hmm. personally anyway. Yeah. So. so personally, how do you feel? about mental health and how we handle it as a community? I, you know, it's really nice because I think that we are getting a little bit better at it, um, you know, because of having the conversations and being able to be a little bit more open. I think we're moving into the right direction, but I still think there's a lot of things that we need to improve on because there is still such a judgment and a stigma surrounding mental health mm -hmm. and that there's something wrong with you. If you are feeling a certain way and you're depressed or have anxieties and stuff like that, but it's, it's more common than you think. Mm -hmm. And every single person's dealing with it. Yeah. It just depends on what part of their life they're in and what they're going through on a daily basis, I find. So, um, I don't think we're quite there yet. I think we're definitely going towards the right direction and improving it yeah. for sure. Yeah. I was thinking about it today and. You know, there's two main things I think that kind of get in the way of us being honest and open about our mental health. And of course, the first is, you know, social media. Yeah. Because we want to present this perfect image, especially on Instagram, right? Where everyone's only posting the good, smiling, all the amazing things in their lives and don't uh, leave enough room for vulnerability and honesty. Yeah. The other thing that I was thinking about today, too, is like self-help. You know, this whole concept of, well, you know, you have this focus on yourself and make yourself better and positive attitude and, you know, all this stuff where you're not, uh, it doesn't seem like it gives people enough room to, you know, fail and have difficulties and struggle. Yeah. You're always about, oh, no, 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 you've got to really be working hard to make yourself perfect. It's It just goes back to the perfect image that they want to portray online, right? Mm -hmm. Um. I, I don't know. I, I've been trying to avoid social media lately. I've been really struggling with it because it's just, there's so much negativity on there. Mm -hmm. And I was just reading the same things over and over again, people complaining about the same things. And it really started to affect my mental health because all that's all I saw. And then I started to get kind of intertwined in certain arguments and stuff like that, especially in the beginning of like all this COVID stuff. Yeah. And so I was going like totally off the deep end and researching stuff and like getting into conspiracy theories and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I've had a lot of issues with it. And I just like had to take a step back and been like, no, I need to disconnect because it's just uprooting me and it's not making me feel good. And I did that for a little bit and it helped, but I just still feel like it's not it's not a positive thing. It used to be. You know, it's like you can find your uncle from, you know, across Canada and seeing how he's doing and you can connect with him and whatever else. But now it's just like it's a battle zone. I just feel it's like World War Three, honestly, mm -hmm. um, because people are so um, what's the word? I guess it's so much easier just to have that um, that conflict because you don't really have to face the fact of having somebody right right in front of you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's a great tool for certain things, but like 
I haven't even been posting about our business or anything like that because I just need to put it to the side. I'm like, no, I've yeah. had enough. Yeah. I know for myself, if it wasn't, you know, for running a, a business and, you know, advertising the pod, you know, like putting the, the podcast up, yeah. what I, I probably wouldn't even touch it. That's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> I feel this, obligated. <laughs> yeah, not, you totally do as a business owner because it's like you're so invested and yeah. everybody is on social media. So it's like you need to do that in order to make sure that people know where you are and what you're doing and keep them involved. So I, I was actually thinking about potentially hiring a social media manager because I'm just like, my mental health is not worth this. Yeah, It's absolutely not worth it, but I still need to upkeep my business and make sure that everything is running smoothly on that end because a lot of people do find us from online searches and Google and whatever else, right? But I just, I'm like, uh, like it just, it makes me sick to my stomach some days. I'm just like, okay, no, like we're going to just sign out for a couple days, mm -hmm. not going to do anything um, and just kind of chill and relax because I, I can't. Yeah. Well, if you need someone to do it, Derek Berkman. Derek Berkman. Yeah. Okay. Converge Studios. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. Um, yeah. It's a, you know, there's, there's these benefits, benefits <laughs> to it, of course, but then it becomes, it's so easy to have it to become consuming. Like, it's like I have a, a black lot of, hole, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I've had to put a lot of restrictions on it to kind of curtail it. I've heard. Keep me off of it. <laughs> 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 One of your podcasts, you don't yeah. follow anybody. Yeah. <laughs> which I honestly, I like, I know that the feature was there, but I didn't realize it. And then I'm like contemplating doing that now too, because yeah. I actually ended up making a whole new Facebook because I had a lot of my customers wanting to add me on Facebook. And okay. Um, by all means, like, I think that's awesome that they want to be friends with me and like get to know me a little bit on a more personal basis. But at the same time, my business life and my business face is one, mm -hmm. whereas my personal life might be a little bit left winged and might, people <laughs> might be like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to go eat at yeah. a restaurant now. Yeah. Right. So I needed to take a break from my regular Facebook and I yeah. went on that one. I was like, oh, that one's a little bit more like lighthearted. There's a dog photo there. That's cute. Like, yeah. right. That's interesting. So the concern is that if I'm too out there and open about, say, like my political beliefs or yeah. How I feel about certain subjects that some people will just immediately, oh, well, you don't fit into my my box, my box basically. now. So I, I I won't even eat at your place anymore. Honestly, there are people that have done certain things like that. Like, yeah. I can't remember exactly, but it's something that we do face as a business in a small community in mm -hmm. Calgary. Probably wouldn't happen like both Roger and I are Calgarians born and raised, but mm -hmm. because there's such a bigger diverse community I feel in, yeah. in Calgary, but something as simple as, um, what was it? The Oak Tokes pride group or whatever it is. Yeah. So they ended up handing out those rainbow stickers. Mm -hmm. And I always said to Tom, I was like, Hey, if you ever come across like a sticker that I can put in my window, can you please get it for me? So then I can let the, like the LGBTQ community know that like, this is a safe space. Yeah. That if they were to come in here, they're not going to be judged. They're going to be, if anybody's going to be rude or whatever to them, that we're going to have their back. Yeah. And I put it up there and Roger's like, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, why? He's like, well, and he's very supportive of the LGBT community too. But yeah. he's like, what if somebody decides that they're not going to come to our restaurant? Yeah. Because we have this rainbow sticker yeah. in our, in our window. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
honestly, I don't care. That's their, uh-huh. that's their loss because we need to have some humility and, um, you know, just have love for everyone. Yeah. Like if you're going to have those views and that like outlook, I honestly, I'm sorry. I don't want you as a customer. <laughs> then. You know, we have, a, we had a sticker on old clinic. Yeah. Um, we uh, need one on our new one now, but it's interesting. I was, I was speaking to a patient the other day that was in and he's a, a gay man around my age. And of course we've had uh, three gay men speak on our podcast now. Yeah. One, Jamie came out on it <laughs> to the community. Yeah. And it was interesting. He was saying, you know, listening to these young gay men, they had it so easy. <laughs> you know, they haven't had to been, go through as much. And this fellow, he moved here to Okotoks uh, over 12 years ago and um, had some of his friends come and, you know, were visiting for the night. And so they all went out to dinner at a restaurant here in Okotoks. Mm-hmm. And they're all sat down, they're chatting, and, you know, um, the owner or somebody had come over and just said, you know, there's like, I don't know, four or six of them and just having fun laughing. And if you know, you know, um, I guess through their voices or their behavior, the things they're talking about, I don't know. Yeah. Somehow we could tell that the group was uh, gay. Mm-hmm. And he came up and just said, yeah, we don't, we don't serve you here. You have to leave. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and, and I'm a, I've been here over 12 years, and it blew my mind that that happened here in Okotoks. So, you know, so a lot has even changed in 12 years. You know, that's awful. Yeah, because now the men we've interviewed were out 12 years ago. Yeah, you know, they were still young men mm-hmm. or you know lived somewhere else. So I can't imagine that that stuff was even happening in Okotoks even 12 years ago. And of course, I've heard wild stories. Mm-hmm. of things that have happened and you know like you know gay men could be arrested in canada less than 20 25 years ago just for being gay so it's you know those small little things like putting a sticker up although some people may choose to judge that and distance themselves from a restaurant because of that the peace and the acceptance that little sticker shows when they, uh, you know, come to your door, yeah, I think far outweighs losing a few customers because it shows. It, it, to me, it's like a sign to everyone, not just to to gay people, but that this is a safe space. Yep, we're open, accepting. You know, it's a subtle way to show that without, you know, because I think our community is changing. We don't have a lot of homophobes. We may have a number of people that are uncomfortable. That's fine. It. If you're uncomfortable, that's totally fine. Yes, because you don't understand it or you haven't yeah. met any gay people yet. You don't have friends and associates who are gay. And they, you know, just maybe don't understand or haven't, ex- you know, developed a connection with someone who is gay. Yeah. And once that occurs, that will change, obviously. But in the meantime, you know, just uh, they're opening up and being more accepting. It's and, just coming back to the conversation. We're opening conversation, which is... Yeah important that we have those 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 moments right so yeah i'm honestly like if that's gonna make someone uncomfortable um that's that's totally fine that's you do you yeah (laughs) right and i hope somebody is able to teach you and guide you and um open up your your mind a little bit because i there was like one thing that really stuck with me that one of my friends said was like the best um the best type of listeners are the ones that actually like open their ears Mm -hmm. 
and don't say anything. Yeah. You know, like if you actually sit down and you're you're actually listening to someone, then that gives you an opportunity to learn something and to better yourself as a human. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think there's a big difference between, you know, they may not want to accept um, the way they love, but you can still accept them as a person. Yeah. And that's all we're asking for. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's certain practices other people do that I don't believe love. in yeah. <laughs> or, or believe in. Yeah. But, you know, it's, if as long as it's not hurting anyone, you go right ahead. And that's the thing. Like, I just want like I want everyone to be feeling loved when they come into our place. Mm hmm. Whether or not you're gay, straight, black, white, like, yeah. like it honestly doesn't matter, matter to me. Like, we have such a diverse group and bunch. Like, mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what I love. Yeah. And, and Okotoks is getting more diverse. It's nice. You know, like, again, I've said in previous podcasts, like, I grew up in Northeast Calgary where it was you're in the hood. In the hood. <laughs> Yeah, you're like ever. It's like United Nations out there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, growing up, you know, it was. Uh, you know, there was. I probably at least a third or more of the kids weren't white. Yeah, you were the minority. Yeah, and it was. It was nice. Like we had all kinds of languages. I remember we had one girl from the Ukraine came one year. She knew no English. And by the end of the school year, she was speaking English, you know, and it, it's, it, there's there's something to that. And, you know, when I first moved my kids here, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't as much yeah. diversity here in Okotoks. Um, so they felt they kind of missed out, but we still did our best to raise them to understand and accept that. Mm -hmm. But um, so for yourself, um, again, this is you can share as much as you like. Yeah, for sure. But have you... You know, what experiences have you had uh, tr trying to balance your own mental health? Well, I was going back and forth whether or not I wanted to actually talk about this moment in my life that was very profound for me for my mental health. But I think I'm going to share and, sh and just be a little bit vulnerable because I think being vulnerable, it, you know, promotes growth. So mm -hmm. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I was talking to my mom, actually, she didn't even know this, but when I was about 14 years old, I experienced a lot of bullying and I was going through a really dark time, just, um, transitioning through school and, you know, not doing very well. And, um, I actually ended up getting into a very depressed state and I was self-harming. So I was doing those things to my body and it helped me feel a little bit better just because of all the endorphins that were being released and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a really dark time for me and I was fighting with my parents. I wasn't living at home. I was living with my stupid douchey boyfriend at the time <laughs> <laughs> and he taught me a lot though. He taught me a lot, but yeah. Um, and I was just, I was really depressed and then, you know, being a teenager is hard. Like being yeah. bullied is really, really hard. And I just, I remember I got to a point in my life where I was doing drugs and I was just trying to medicate in any way I possibly could. And um, I ended up one day just literally snapping out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I was like 16 years old or something like that. And I finally came around to my parents and I was just like, 
okay, I need to stop doing this. I'm putting you guys through health. I don't want to be the bad kid anymore. I don't want to have these issues. So like, let me try to live back at home. Let me try to see if I can be a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I eventually I did get out of it. Thank God I did. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, like it was just a really bad time for me. Um, and I remember my mom actually caught me. She caught me with my my scars and stuff on my on my skin. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it only, it's the only way that makes me feel good. Like it, like, um, I don't even know how to describe it. I guess it like, re- cause it does release the chemicals. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes you numb Yeah. and you don't feel for a second. Yeah. Right. Which it's really unfortunate that I got to that, that spot, but I'm, I'm fortunate enough and I feel blessed that I was able to pull myself out of that myself. I don't think people understand how common this is. Yeah. I've treated, you know, almost a dozen teenagers with this over the years. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, when you have trauma and again, trauma is dependent on the perception of the individual. Yep. So someone will say, Oh, you haven't experienced any trauma in your life. Well, it's all dependent on where your mindset is and what happened and how you interpret it. Yep. So someone may think what you endured wasn't trauma. Someone else may think, well, my goodness, that was just terrible what you went through. It's it's all subjective. And when we're trying to hide our feelings or not feel those things, that trauma, there's a number of things people can do to distract yep. from that pain, that, that emotional pain. And physical pain is one of them. Yep. I've had patients who cut. I've had patients who pull out their hair. I've had patients who bite themselves. I've had all kinds of interesting ones. And the theme is very common. It's, um, you know, it is a release. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same doing drugs or other things. It just distracts that your body and mind from that p- emotional pain. You're yeah, because you don't want to deal with it. And I think as a young child, like my parents were amazing parents to me, don't get me wrong, but they were in a very emotionally abusive relationship. So I was definitely in the fight or flight child. So when I, when they were fighting and they were yelling at each other, I would run into my room, I'd go hide in a corner and I turn my music on. And that's how I dealt with my emotions because I didn't want to, didn't want to deal with it. So then when I turned to teenage years, same thing. What, what can I do to not deal with these emotions at this moment? Yeah. Right. So yeah, that was, that was a tough time. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that I was able to get out of that, that point. So what, what practices, what things did you do during that time to help you to transition out of that? Honestly, I don't even remember. It was such a blur. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a blur. I think it was just, the biggest one was when I was living at my boyfriend's house and my parents, I could just saw my, both my parents were so beside themselves that I was doing these things and not going to school and, you know, acting out and living with this boy and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was just like, how can I be doing this to my parents? Like, I just felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I need to smarten up. Like, this is not worth their sanity or mine because I was causing so much trouble for everyone. Yeah. So I think that that kind of helped me. I was very mature for that age. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I'm a little bit of an old soul. So mm-hmm. maybe yeah. it just helped me kind of progress a little bit faster. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's interesting. And then to have that, you know, your parents be like, okay, yes, let's do this together. Let's, yeah, I'm thankful that they were open to that too, as well, because I can't even imagine the hardships that they went through and like how much patience they had to have Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, fine. We're going to give you one more chance. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. some some parents, some people would be like, oh, no, no, you've burnt too many bridges, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, like I remember a patient a number of years ago, young gal, you know, around the similar age. And she had, uh, her mother was a drug addict. And so she had been exposed to stuff at a very young age that no one should. No, oh, yeah. She experienced things. That no one should at that age. And eventually her mother, I can't remember if her mother ended up in prison or treatment or anyway, uh, her grandmother started raising her. Mm-hmm. And of course, the grandmother was the mother of her, her mom who saw all this happen and was terrified of now the granddaughter following the same path. Mm-hmm. And of course, when we have a child that is very, you know, uh, strong-willed and <laughs> determined to follow their own path and all of this, we, and especially when you know there's potential in there um, because of what she'd been exposed to, grandma wanted to control everything. So she couldn't go out. She, so you know, was monitored at school. And what does that do? You know, and again, from my point of view and my experiences, you know, I'm saying to grandma, I'm like, okay, this young girl is already like, um, unfortunately, experience based is an adult. So you can't treat her like a child because the world exposed her to way too much at that age. So to say that um, she, you know, doesn't... uh, can't do all these things, experience these things, or have any trust. I'm sorry, but she has to be given some some trust and responsibility because we forced her to, to, to grow up. To grow up because what she was exposed to and experienced. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's in the past, but now to say, well, you can't do anything because we don't trust you, it's just like, well, the fact that we left her as a community in that situation shows that, you know, we have to give her some respect, some trust. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, because of what she's experienced. So grandma wanted to like restrict, restrict. And of course she rebelled so much more every time. Yeah. And it's just like, this child is going to do what she's seen and experienced. The more, the more you control and try to push her, the worse it will get. And you have to show her some trust, understand that she's going to make some bad decisions, but teach her how to be an adult yeah. and all of this and be like, you, if you do, do these things, these are the consequences and you have to be prepared for them and you have to treat her like an adult so much sooner. And that's the thing I see a lot with parenting when kids struggle, you know, like you had, it's this, um, you know, rather than really communicating and trusting that child and, you know, giving them that opportunity to have some choices and some responsibility over their lives and all that, uh, that trust and, you know, uh, understanding can take them out of that yeah. uh, dark space and give them an opportunity to, to move forward. 
Yeah, I think with my parents kind of finally giving up on me almost essentially yeah. was like the moment where I'm like, okay, why am I doing this? What's the point of this? I'm like making mm-hmm. everybody's life chaotic. Like I don't want to live in my boyfriend's <laughs> room basically yeah. because I couldn't really go out of his out of his room. I was like, this is not the life that I wanted. Like I want to go back home where I can, you know, wander my house and be in the backyard and okay, fine, dad, I'll wash the dishes. Not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's not that hard instead yeah. of me having to like go to work so I can pay rent and eat instant noodles because that's all I could afford, you know? Yeah. Like I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, with them giving me the opportunity to kind of figure it out for myself, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, mom, dad, please take me back. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry oh, for being good. such a shitty child. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and you've grown a lot since then. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I, those who are watching, it, you know, this this on YouTube may notice. I got this big bump in my. Yeah, that you're going to be a mom soon. <laughs> I am. Yeah. So how how does this, you know, you pondering these things and sharing these things. What what's your plan for your little girl? <laughs> oh, God. I don't think any parent has a plan. We, <laughs> like honestly, um, I don't. I don't know. I have yeah. no plan. I like even. I was. Um, I went for a session with Diane Doyle Lynch this morning just mm-hmm. because um, I love her and she's such a healer and a positive influence in my life. And um, she's like, "Well, what are we doing today?" And I was like, "I don't know." I was yeah. like, whatever you like, and same with like today, I'm like, yeah. Jared, you take the wheel. I have no <laughs> idea. Right. So I'm just kind of like letting things happen. I'm yeah. not, I don't want to go in with a said plan and have concrete ideas. I just kind of want it to flow. Yeah. Um, and that was the discussion that Diane and I had today about even childbirth. Cause I've just been so up in my head and terrified about childbirth because mm-hmm. in society you see these women on TV and they're like, legs wide open like probably you're thinking they're being ripped in half because they're screaming bloody murder (laughs) and then all of a sudden like this beautiful baby comes out and they look amazing and everybody's happy and i'm like that is so unrealistic (laughs) so i'm trying just to go in with the birth being you know open-minded and as as a parent you know, obviously, Roger and I have had discussions on what we want to do and try to guide and whatever but asked me four or five years ago if I would have been in this place hell no yeah I would have been like I need to control this I need to do Mm -hmm. this I need to make sure that you know my kid doesn't do this this and this because I remember how bad I was yeah right so (laughs) I was like I'm I'm gonna try my best just to be open and honest with my kid and just try to flow go with Mm -hmm. the flow yeah yeah it's interesting I um all three of my boys were born at home. And so I was there to catch them. And one, (laughs) one thing that I, I think that, you know, uh, media and our discussions on childbirth and the approach in the medical system does a great disservice in building that confidence and trust a woman should have in their own body. Yeah. We've been birthing for millions of years and, you know, this idea that, oh, well, gee, before this, you know, every other mother died in childbirth. No, <laughs> like it wasn't like that. Times. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's very natural. It's normal. The body knows what to do. It's just trusting that and going with that flow. And and things usually work very well. Yeah. The nice thing is, is that we have all the supports in case they don't now. Yeah. You know, we and, we're a lot more advanced, thankfully. Yeah. And rather than rushing birth and, you know, having a time schedule or a due date or, oh, this is taking too long. Let's do something. It's, you know, the if we can remove the fear and trust the body in the process, um, I believe it goes a lot smoother, Mm -hmm. you know, because women are pretty amazing and they can. It's, you know, they can do this. One of my girlfriends said to me the other day, because I'm like, I'm slightly freaking out about this. Like now it's becoming real because I'm only like a couple months away. Yeah. And um, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, ah, like just freaking out for no reason. <laughs> and she's like, um, I've had to. I wouldn't have done it again if it was that bad. Yeah. And I was like, OK, yeah, that's totally right. So like the anxiety part of me, like getting all wrapped up in my head, I was like, yeah, it's true. I was like people wouldn't procreate. I'm like, but if you want a birth control, like definitely ask every mom about their experiences yeah. and all the stuff that your body yeah. does. Right after, before they forget. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited for the experience and being able to have the opportunity. Um, and I've actually used some of your tools that I've learned from your class as well to kind of try to get the anxiety and the all up in my head and try to kind of just chill out and, you know, reconnect with my body and um, just trust, just trust myself and trust my body. And is this your first pregnancy? No, this is not my first pregnancy. Okay. So last year uh, we had a miscarriage. Um, That was probably the most traumatic experience of my life by far. Um, And Thank God I did the course, the five elements of letting go. And I remember, I, I think I sent you a message on mm. Facebook like a couple of days later after I found out just saying, thank you so much for giving me the tools to be able to kind of process this in a different way, because I would have been way worse off mentally, like with my mental health for sure. Not saying that I didn't struggle mm-hmm. because um, what, what was it? We lost it in October. And then October was awful last year for me. (laughs) Um, Shortly after I lost the baby, I actually lost my best friend's mom, who was like a second mom to me. So I had to go through that too. That was like absolutely horrific. Um, And then a couple months later, I actually started feeling the effects of postpartum depression. And I was a lot in my head. Well, you know, if I would have had postpartum depression, it would have been okay if I had a baby, but I've got nothing to show for it. Yeah. So that wasn't like something that was just going off in my head over and over and over again. And I remember telling Roger, I said, um, I'm like, there's something wrong. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm irritable. I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I hate everyone. I was like on a rampage. <laughs> like, yeah. I just didn't, I didn't like anyone. Um, I didn't want to be involved with any of my friends, which is totally not normal for me because I'm very extroverted and I, I just wanted to stay home and just do nothing. Yeah. And I said to him, something's wrong, babe. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I said to him a couple of weeks later, I'm like, I just can't get through this grief. I cannot. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, you have an appointment on this day at this time. I was like, what? 
And he 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 booked me an appointment to go talk to a psychologist. Oh, good. Because I was just like I couldn't process it, even though I had a lot of tools and um, people around me to show me love and be there and support me and stuff like that. I just I couldn't do it myself. Yeah, we all need someone to talk to. Yeah, this stuff. And sure. Roger wasn't able to provide the things that I needed because he was going through things too as he well was emotionally. Going through right? loss too. Yeah. So how can you be supportive to someone if you're not? physically capable yourself yeah right so i'm so thankful for him that he was my rock in that moment and kind of pulled me out of that but um one of the things that you taught me was you know there's no point in time traveling yeah. you know as if you have an experience and then you start thinking in the future you're thinking of the good times and like what the, these moments that you could have possibly had specifically with this child right yeah. I was thinking, oh, I could have had this, we could have had that, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, <laughs> you know, I need to be here in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I thank, I thank you so much for that because the second that you decide to be present and you like connect with yourself, then you're like, you know what? There's no point in going back and forth Yeah. because you're having to relive that emotion twice. Yeah. And I never even thought about it that way before, but then because I did the five elements letting go class twice. But I think it was the second time around that I w- yeah. that one really stuck with me. It's interesting because I shared an experience with an exact patient that went through the exact same thing you went through. Yeah. You know, where they, you know, you have that miscarriage loss and they not only had to grieve the miscarriage, but they had to grieve because, you know, she had created in her mind this life, this whole life of mm-hmm. this child, you know. 20, 30 years or so, grandkids, this whole expectation of how their life was going to be. And when they lost this, you know, the the baby, you know, at 10 weeks, you know, eight weeks, yeah. whatever it was, um, she had to grieve this imaginary life. Yeah. And like you said, it's said that, you know, you're so much into the future with this that you can't, you have to you know, grieve something that didn't exist. That even happened. Yeah. And it what's pulls the, you out of the moment. Yeah. Like, what's the point of that? Like, I, like now I can see that. Right. Yeah. Um, but if this would have happened, say, a few years ago, I would have I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. And it's totally normal and natural for us to to grieve and feel that way. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, these ideas and concepts help us to pull us out of it mm-hmm. and help us to, you know, properly mourn. and you know, to understand, you know, that, uh, you know, because again, I always look at is loss and gr- is it really shows us what's important to us. Yeah. You know, it it's a like a, a signal that, wow, you really care about this. This is really important to you. And so just reinforced to you that I really do want to be a mom. Yeah. And this is really important to me. Yeah. You know, and so it, I'm grateful that you found those tools and supports to heal, mm-hmm. you know, because now, now you're going to be an awesome mom. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it, like that definitely stuck with me. And I tell I tell that piece of advice to so many people. Uh, so I'm I'm very grateful for the course that you have you have provided to this oh, community. Thanks. And I tell it like I tell everyone, I'm like, you need to do this course. Like I have <laughs> nothing but good things to say. And I'm like, oh, you need to go see Jared for acupuncture, too, because he's amazing. He's helped me in so many ways. And. There's a lot of, I find there's a lot of healers in this community, mm-hmm. whether it be alternative medicines or, 
you know, someone who's a good counselor or, yeah. you know, just even a friend that can come over and, you know, help you out in your time of need. And that's the great thing about this community that I found since we've moved here is that people are willing to help each other. Yeah. And they want and they genuinely want to help each other, too. Like it's there are there's some really great people here. Yeah, I know. And we, we have this, you know, abundance of care and you know compassion in in this community but just getting that understanding out there and getting people a little more open and connected for those moments to be kind and compassionate Mm -hmm. because i do think like we've talked about time traveling you know when you're spending too much time in your head in the past or the future and not in the moment it's difficult for you to recognize in the moment how you can help yes you know, when, because if you're always distracted kind of in your mind and you're holding on to that anxiety or that grumpiness <laughs> or about something, you, you're you focused on that rather than being aware and open to what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. And if you can be in the moment more, then you recognize, oh, what's going on with that person? Do they need some help? Do they I, need that, that's another one, too, because being in the service industry. Yeah. You know, um, especially lately, people are so grumpy, like so grumpy. I'm like, how can you be like that? Like, it's you're still alive. Like, you have to be thankful yeah. for that. Right. But no, I've I've had confrontations in the past probably couple months for sure of people just being so angry and rude. And I just I remember I was getting so like fed. I was feeding into their stuff. Right. Yeah. Because I was personally going through a little bit of a rough patch last month. Mm -hmm. And who knows, maybe it's hormones. I have no idea at this point. But I had to take a step back and be like, oh, is that that directed at me specifically? Or is it because, you know, maybe they're fed up with, you know, this whole COVID stuff, the lockdown and stuff. And I... I have to be a little bit more empathetic, I find, to people mm-hmm. and not really kind of want to jump. Yeah. Because it's probably not, has nothing to do with me, right? It, all, exactly. Like, I remember, like, uh, I moved out when I, around the same age as you did. I mm-hmm. think I moved out 15, 16. Yeah. And uh, I had to get a job to pay my rent and <laughs> take care of everything. Mm-hmm. And I was, I worked at Athletes World. I don't even remember. That was like a shoe store yeah. kind of thing in the malls back in the day. And I remember working there because I'd worked 20, 30 hours a week while I was in school. And I remember some people just like so grumpy some days or about returns or other things like that. And I remember it used to really bother me. And then one day I realized, I'm like, oh, oh, they're not mad at me. Something else is going on. They're mad that they had to come back and deal with this or they're mad because something else is going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am the, you know, the victim <laughs> that they've chosen today to unload all this emotion on yeah. when honestly, they're not out to hurt me. They're just suffering and they just, they're at their, they're at their know. tipping point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't have to, when you can understand that when people are hurting and acting out and being cruel. It's a cry for help. You know, maybe not consciously. They may not understand that their behavior is them 
asking for help or showing that they're suffering. But when we can recognize that and realize, wow, you know, this person's, there's something going on. Well, a smile, ignoring those, you know, behaviors and just serving them and caring for them can often, you know, bring us down and bring a switch. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you've encountered that lots at the restaurant where people are just like, you know, and you're like, Hey, I'm not going to buy into their thing and let them hurt me. Let's just yeah. do our best. And have you seen that shift at times? I like, I, I have, I've experienced it when I'm like, there was this gentleman that came in recently and he was really upset about something. And I was, I was defensive cause I was there. He had an allergy and he ordered something with peanuts in it. And <laughs> he was like arguing with me that like my staff said that there's no peanuts in it. I'm like, if, if you specify that you have a peanut allergy, there's no way that my staff would, would be like, oh yeah, no, there's no peanuts in that. Yeah. Because I like drill it into their head. I'm like, we yeah. can kill someone. Like, you yeah. need to understand the severity of the situation. He's like, no, no, no one told me. And he was like adamant about it and like just going off on me. And so like I was defensive at first because I was like, there's no chance in hell mm. that I would, you know, allow this to happen. My staff has been trained very well. Yeah. And um, finally I had to take a step back. And I'm like, Roger, I was like, go talk to this guy. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. And Roger's like the cool, calm, collected dude. He's yeah. like the total opposite of me. He's like very mellow and chill. And I'm like very bubbly and happy and like reactive sometimes. Yeah. Um, and he stepped in and he kind of like took it down a notch. He like he calmed the situation down. Mm. And then finally I came back and I was like, okay, well, you know, let's deal with this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I'm really sorry I hope you have a great day and, you know, you carry on with your day and I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's like as soon as you switch your mentality and like what you what you're trying to achieve, then, yeah, there is def there's a definite shift for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's times where I have to be like, uh, Crystal, um, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the great thing about having I'm a spouse not, yeah. in the same industry, right? Yeah, I'm not in the right place yeah. right now or or just give me a break so I can settle and then I'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, like and like I tell my staff too, I'm like, if you need to like step away, I was like, that's why we have a walk-in cooler. Yeah. You can go throw some F-bombs in there and then come back to the situation, collect yeah. it <laughs> and calm and then deal with it again. Yeah. Right? So, Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. It's, you know, I think we, this idea that we have to be perfect all the time and we can't, you know, have emotions and stress and have difficulties with things, you know, it's, it's very real. It's very honest and it happens to us and, you know, get being honest with ourselves and giving ourselves that space and, yeah. you know, permission to just kind of let that emotion, emotion out and let it go so that we can, okay, now I can move on. Yeah. Can move forward. But when we're like, oh, no, no, you can't just do that. You got to be, you know, you got to hold it in. You know, it makes it so much harder. Well, I, I try, especially, I feel like I'm, I'm the work mom, right? So mm -hmm. I tell my staff and I say, if you guys need five minutes, I'm like, okay, I understand this person's being a dick or whatever. If you need five minutes, go, go to the washroom. I'll yeah. like cut them out of their, their moment. I'm like, mm -hmm. go take a break, go have five minutes and then come back. And then after that, they're like, okay. You know, I worked through it. I'm like, okay, you good? Yeah. Did you let it go? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, sweet. Let's move on. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. 
no, I definitely, I like timeouts. Mm-hmm. I appreciate. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, what, uh, you know, to kind of finish off what, what, if you were to give any advice or any ideas or what you use to help yourself, you know, is there anything you want to share with those who are listening? Um, so over the years with coming into Okotoks and like I said before, there's like a lot of healers and people that I've been introduced to, um, coming here that have helped me is, um, acupuncture, obviously. I, I have heard of acupuncture before. I never actually tried it. Uh, that was a big one for me, um, coming to see you. And then I I call my like people that I see outside of, you know, regular medicines, I guess you would say, like my healers or my shamans or, you know, my medicine people, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like alternative health practices yeah. or wh- what have you. Um, have really benefited me. So I will often do like chakra meditations. Uh, that's really helped me to kind of connect and feel my body and kind of just have that, um, that energy flowing. I like, I, I didn't really realize how energetic we are until I think, what was that one exercise that we did at the course where you like put your hands together and you can Mm -hmm. feel after the Qigong. Yeah. And you can actually feel the energy and you try to like push it together and you can't, it's like a magnet. It's like resisting. And I was like, that's really strange. I'm like, there has to be something to this. I'm like, (laughs) obviously Chinese medicine hasn't been around forever for like, for no reason. Right. So yeah, I do a lot of meditations now. Um, I surround myself with, um, like the healers, people that do like Reiki or um, clearings or um, cranial sacral therapy, mm-hmm. whatever. Like all the alternative stuff has really helped me. Yeah. Um, Roger was like, you never used to do any of this stuff until we moved here. And I was like, well, obviously I'm meant to know it now. Yeah. So, <laughs> And I've kind of really touched base with like my Aboriginal side too. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm Métis. Mm-hmm. And so I've really taken... Um, you know, smudging as like a high priority in my life to kind of clear that stagnant energy that I have. And um, it's very sacred space for me. And I'm really thankful that my mom taught me how to do it and how to do it properly and protect yourself and, you know, create that space for yourself just to kind of clear off any bad juju. (laughs) So some people might think it's like all the crazy woo woo bull crap or whatever with like the hippies that collect the rocks and yeah. stuff. But, you know, there is, again, you know, there's, uh, everything has a, t- you know, an ability to heal. Mm-hmm. And when we connect those things to our mind and our body and with the intention on what it's doing for us, you know, that alone, with what we understand about the placebo and the nocebo effect, you know, these things actually work and they do affect us and can heal us. Um, you know, how that mechanism works or, you know, what's actually doing it. It's not important. Yeah. We don't need to necessarily know why. Yeah. If it's working for you, mm-hmm. then why not enjoy it? Yeah. And we're not saying that this stuff replaces, you know, emergency medicine yeah. or medication or anything like this. These things are all still important. But those practices have lasted this long because they're meaningful and the intention of that practice, mm-hmm. just like people pray, 
you know, for healing or for other things, you know, it doesn't mean that that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it still works. It's, you know, it, um, it has its place and it does benefit us. And so all these practices that whether it's smudging or meditation, we know these things benefit the body and having those practices give us power and tools to manage and find balance mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah, it's no, cool. I definitely um, appreciate all of the alternative things that I have learned over yeah. the over the years and and the people that have been involved in my life because I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at today and continuing to learn who I am if it wasn't for those things, right? Yeah. So, well, I have a pretty amazing community, so it's good that you've been able to meet and connect with these people to support you I'm, I'm through, through this process. Definitely, like the restaurant is. The, probably the whole reason yeah because i've met a lot of people through the restaurant yeah and uh yeah it's been a really cool experience since we've moved over here yeah super cool so when do you do december 29th december 29th i know wow you can have a new year's baby (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) a lot of people are asking me like oh do you want to have like a christmas baby new year's and i'm like i keep on going back and forth because i'm like well the good thing about 2020 the one good thing was that I got pregnant, yeah. so that's great. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't know if I want to have my kid in 2020 yeah. because I'll forever <laughs> be known as a COVID baby. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, hang in there, little yeah. one. Like yeah. maybe we should start the new year off right in 2021. And, yeah. But Shouldn't be a problem. Most babies are a little late anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I keep on feeling like it might come early. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Honestly, they're gonna come whenever they want to come. They're they're their own being. Exactly. Right? Just, just go with the flow. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable. Yeah. And open. I and appreciate sharing it. so much stuff. This has been beautiful. Yeah. No, it's yeah. been nice to actually like sit and chat with you because mm-hmm. I'm either in the clinic or doing your course. Yeah. <laughs> or seeing you at the Rocky Horror Picture Show, one of the two. Yeah, exactly. I know we canceled the one for the town this year, but I know. if you really do want to see it, the Oak Tokes Film Festival is presenting it on Wednesday night, and there might be a special guest at the oh! end of the show. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so looking forward to going this year yeah. for my birthday. Because oh, yeah. It's my birthday today, and so uh-huh. that's what we did last year. You're here birthday. on your birthday? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Happy birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, maybe I'll have to do that. But yeah. Yeah. Just swing around at the end. That's what that's what swing I, around the end. Yeah. It's, <laughs> they do. Their shows are always on Wednesday nights. And that's when I work. Yeah. So they wanted me to come host. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll come and maybe. say hello after. Yeah. So there might be a visitor. This I'll have this to tell time. my friend because yeah. we were like super sad that we yeah. weren't able to do it this year. <laughs> well, hopefully next year we'll have everything straightened out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, this has been a lot you. of fun. I really appreciate that. And I know that someone's going to listen to this and they are going to connect and be like, wow, I've been through that. This is so good to hear. Or a mom struggling with a, you know, a child that's going through the same thing. Honestly, To know there's yeah. hope in a path. It's great. I like, I will say this to anybody, you know, if you are struggling with something that I've spoken about today, by all means, reach out to me. Especially, I'm I'm very opinionated and have strong feelings towards, um, you know, infant loss and miscarriage and stuff like that. Yeah. And I had one of my other friends reach out to me and I, you know, gave her some support and information. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there's anything that I can potentially help, you know, 
I don't have a problem if yeah. you want to reach out because that's what's yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah, supporting each other, right? So, right. thank you so much. I'm yeah. sure somebody will. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, you know, have a wonderful birthday today. I gotta go to work. <laughs> try to convince my husband to let me go home and sleep. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was wonderful to sit down with Lindsay, and it was. Very interesting how similar our backgrounds are in some ways. Um, we both moved out at a very young age um, <clears throat> and uh, had to find our own path early and figure out what was really important to us in our lives. And uh, yeah, and just to kind of hear her open up and be so vulnerable and honest. Um, it's interesting. I, you know, after our discussion, I contemplated about, you know, how many patients I've had in over the last 15 years or so who've had self-harm issues, probably well over a dozen and very similar patterns to all of them. Um, and what's interesting is you can't say it's all upbringing because I've had some in fabulous families that really care, that are doing everything they can. Um, so it's not just kids that have um, stressful home situations or uh, trauma at home. It uh, can be any kind. And it's a response to how they've been conditioned to deal with emotion. And if they haven't been taught that it's safe and um, welcomed to express those emotions and be honest and be open, they are going to feel that they have to hold that in. And when you're pondering something that hurts and the emotions are strong, it's hard not to want to make that feeling go away. And a lot of people turn to drugs and alcohol, but then there's those that turn to pain. And I've had patients that pulled their hair out. I've had patients that, uh, a lot of cutters and, uh, some that bite themselves. Um, I've had some that knock themselves out, you know, by choking themselves. It's interesting because it's not, you know, these aren't bad kids. These are actually pretty good kids. They just don't know how to express what is inside. And there's something about that pain that, that distracts and focuses and pulls them into the moment. They're, again, these kids have great imaginations. Some of them are fantastic artists or very creative. And I find their, um, that imagination can create some difficult things in their heads and really pulls them out of the moment. They're fantastic time travelers. And again, I always... Uh, you know, there's a whole section in the course about this, about how you are, uh, too many people spend too much time in the future or the past. And when they spend too much time in either of those places and not in the moment, they often relive a lot of traumatic stuff in their mind and carry that pain, that emotional pain with them. Or you'll have others that uh, spend too much time in the future and live out anxieties that aren't even real that haven't happened, that may never happen, 
but they create them and live in them and relive it and relive it and just cause themselves all kinds of pain emotionally and physically. And so when they, they cut or they pull their hair or whatever, it pulls them into the moment, pulls them into their body and gives them a tool to not feel that emotion for a while and to get out of their headspace in the time traveling and anchor themselves into the moment. Now, that practice in its own uh, of wanting to be in the moment and that desire of being free of your emotions, that's not a negative thing. It's the way they're getting to that path that is harmful. And it's very similar to when I um, work with the patients that want to quit smoking. When we smoke, a lot of patients, um, if you go through their method and what they're doing and what it does for them, a lot of smokers uh, smoke because it's that it's their body saying to them, okay, you need a break. You've been doing too much. You're a little stressed. Get up, go outside and take some deep breaths. Now, is that practice on its own negative? No, not at all. Uh, deep breaths outside, taking a break from your work, getting up, walking away, moving around. Those are all healthy. It's just that they're doing it with a cigarette in their mouth. Now, if they can listen to their body and follow that practice and just do something healthy instead, then they can quit smoking and give their body that reward that it needs. So with cutters and other things like that, it is the practice of pulling themselves into the moment and feeling something else. Now, can we do that with meditation? Can we do that with Qigong? Can we do that with other practices that pull ourselves into the moment and get us focusing on what we're feeling and what it is? So there's, there's many practices out there that we can use to replace that practice of you know, cutting, pulling hair, whatever. But it's important to understand and help these children understand that that desire that place where they go when they do that, that is good. That is okay. We just need to give them another practice to get there. And so a lot of these patients come in, their, their balance is way off. They're humming at a really high level, way too much chi in the system. And they are having a hard time focusing and settling and sleeping and all these things. It's, their, it's, it's like they're a truck and they're idling really high. And they're just using up gas and fuel really quick. And they're fatigued and they're just cannot focus. And the acupuncture has a way of like settling that and anchoring that energy. Then we can talk about changing their habit and giving them something better to do. Um, I remember one recently within the last year or so, uh, we got her to go back to her poetry and writing about those feelings and her art. And it made a huge difference. Yeah, save that little girl. She's doing fantastic. So with anyone uh, in that place, there is treatment, there is a way, and the body can bounce back pretty quick. You just have to help them understand what's going on and give them tools to move forward and, and just like clear up that imbalance in the hardware. Yeah, I, I really appreciated um, Lindsay sharing that because that is a topic that a lot of people are afraid of. And when they hear their kids that are doing this and they see the scars, they get really scared and panicked. And uh, that can often create more distance between you and your child rather than seeing it as a call for help and, you know, listening, just listening to what they need and not telling them what to do or that they're, they got to stop that or this or that. Listen first and uh, you can help them get to that next step. 
And, uh, you know, again, there's a, a common topic, like people are really sharing much more out there about uh, pregnancy loss and miscarriages. And I'm grateful for Lindsay sharing that because that is a story that is very difficult for a lot of a lot of women. And it's a scary place to be in and it's really hard. But, um, you know, her practicing those techniques of understanding that I need to, you know, grieve the loss in this moment and what I have lost, not what I potentially lost, not what could be, because you have no control over that. And who knows where it was going. So when we stay in the moment, really, we only have to lose what we lose in the moment and what is real rather than what is imagined and what is created in the future. Uh, it can help it make it a lot easier and to deal with what's real, not what's in our mind. And again, <laughs> we are our worst enemies. Our brains are so <laughs> good at uh, pulling stuff up and making life difficult. But the more time we spend in the moment and being honest with ourselves and communicating with our with ourselves, the healthier we can be. Again, you know, sharing these things and connecting with others helps us uh, empathize and connect and share and lift each other up. And uh, thank you, Lindsay, for doing that. And I, I know there's a, you know, a lot of our patients, even let alone probably thousands of women in this community, who have lost a child. And you know, sharing these words and um, your story and experience will benefit them greatly, I'm sure. Thank you for listening to this one, everyone. This is uh, a lot of fun. Um, Lindsay's <laughs> a really like outgoing, fun, and, and carefree person, and I appreciate her words and uh, her honesty. And, uh, you know, hopefully this message, this little discussion gets out to those that need it most. And that her story can lift someone up when they're feeling very similar. And again, if you have an opportunity uh, to, you know, rate and share your opinion of this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen and maybe share it to someone who you think this story and this experience could benefit, we greatly appreciate it. We just want to get these, uh, these stories and the experiences out and do what we can to help our community. And again, if you want to watch this video live, you can on YouTube. Um, if you go to Dr. Jared McCollum, uh, The Five Elements to Letting Go on YouTube, we have all of the, uh, uh, almost all of them. I think I've missed one or two. But you can watch them as well. And uh, of course, you know, you can always follow us on uh, Facebook or Instagram and we share updates on when episodes are coming out. But uh, now that we've kind of got into a habit here and we've got, this is our 17th podcast. Um, I'm scheduling them all to be released on Mondays. So it should be ready for Monday evenings for your listening pleasure. Thank you, everyone. Uh, really appreciate it. If you want any inf information on the five elements letting go, the links are in the uh, description below. And if you want to go visit uh, Lindsay at her restaurant, I will put the links below as well. Thank you so much, everyone. Really appreciate you. Be that light. Uh, connect with others rather than judging. Please. Thank you. Thank you.